0: Vasquez beaten away by Boussard and then Ronaldo! What a goal! Cristiano Ronaldo! Messi to the near post! Oh.
1: Messi to the near post! Ronaldo Kionco now. Here's a Honduran. He'll whip it in back to the far post. Elise! Elvis! Elvis! La Pantanilla! It's a hot connection. This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com. Here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome into Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Soccer Matters, always presented by Dasbit Law Austin. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. 512 call now. 512 call now. They are bilingual. And they are the best in personal injury attorneys. And they are the law firm bringing soccer talk to you. So a big thank you to John Daspit and Daspit Law Austin. We're streaming at hornfm.com. That's where you get the podcast of Soccer Matters, presented by Daspit Law Austin, but also all the other great programs on the horn. All right. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at glendavissoc at Soccer Matters GD uh, to find out more about the host glendavissoccer.com. All right. Guest tonight. Now we're going a little outside the box here. That's what I'm calling the segments. Uh Jesse Dayton. He's a musician. Uh, was in the band The Road Kings. He's also been an actor. He's worked with a ton of different bands, the Super Suckers, uh, being one of them, Rob Zombie, uh, currently with Samantha Fish, the great blues guitarist out of Kansas City. Jesse Dayton joins us tonight. We kind of intersect music and soccer. And by the way, there's a great little soccer anecdote from him. He was uh Born and raised in Beaumont, Texas, and talks about a number of musical influences. But it's a fun, fun interview, and I really had a great time doing it. All right, rough weekend again for El Tree. We'll get into the struggles tonight, examine what's going on, and how a combination of issues has put the club in a tough position and Josh Wolf and his staff in a tough position. The latest, a 2 loss to the L.A. Galaxy coaches, players, and fans frustrated. How concerned should you be? I would say concerned. No one is playing the this-is-a-long-season card or, you know, we don't have any worries because 62% of the team make the playoffs. Um, there are solutions needed. And Josh Wolf has been very upfront. He said, quote, you don't want to keep saying there's a lot of season left. There's urgency. Second-half goals, Chicharito in the 54th, that changed the game. And then Ricky Pooch in the 64th after a loss of possession. That was the difference... You can say what you want. You're hard done by missed calls. Um and Josh Wolf was pretty critical of the referee, Chris so actually very critical of him. But again, these these decisions now, these two missed clear chances you had through Ethan Finley and Sebastian Driussi, um these are magnified when you're not hitting your stride. When you're not finding a football cadence, a tempo, you got a lot of a lot of issues with injury, you got players not Uh, Their form is not good enough. You have others that aren't stepping up on the roster. These are things that maybe coaches are not going to say, but you can see from the outside the impact of your designated players are not there right now, missed chances, missed goals. All of this becomes highly magnified and focused on more. But the reality, in my very humble opinion, is that the roster is not delivered in the absence of key pieces and is not delivered in players taking opportunity with others out. So you seek answers. It's tough. I, you, you know, you see coaches in these positions. They become redundant in a lot of the things they say because, you know, it, it's a singular thing that just might turn it around. A player coming back from injury, you know, maybe it's a Julio Cascante coming back, partnering with Bison, who, by the way, has been good. And that pushes ring into midfield. You get that experience and decision-making there, and all of a sudden things get better. Or it's simply just taking a goal, which a lot of, you know Josh Wolf Brad Stuver they all have you know spoken about just the goal and, and and bringing a level of confidence and reviving confidence for me it's not that simple at the moment um, but you know it would surely help if 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 you deliver one of these chances in a game and and try to revive your confidence John Gallagher by the way is your leading goal scorer now the goalkeeping position with Brad Stuver has been excellent it's secure. We know that. Center back position is an issue because Alex Ring doesn't look to me like he wants to be there. He is missed in midfield. I think Leo Weissen has been a very strong signing by the organization. Julio Cascante is getting healthy you can get him back. And he's an energy guy as well. Um, there's pros and cons to the game of Julio Cascante, but, but he does bring a, a, a level of competitiveness and fight that I do think is something special. Decision-making of Alex Ring back in midfield, I mean, look, that, that could be the thing. That move simply there, that could stabilize team shape and more. Danny Pereira continues to, you know, have good moments in midfield. Sebastian Driussi looks a bit labored on an island at times. I mean, he's seeking out the game. He's trying to do everything he possibly can. The support for him is currently not there. And let's be realistic, last year was an amazing bar that has been set. And many newly initiated El Tri fans, you know, they believe that's that's the bar you got to reach. And I think that's a good thing to believe. But I think we have to factor in all these other challenges right now. Front Frontrunners have struggle, struggled, striker position right now. You don't really know who your best striker is. I guess it's Maxi Rudy, Jazzy Zardes, Will Brun hasn't played much. Wide, wide game's not producing enough. And now Diego Fagundes is injured and has not had his best season. His energy performance is definitely missed uh, from last year. And Rigoni uh, hasn't hit yet. I mean, you see subtle good things from him, but he just hasn't hit impactfully the way you would want if you're carrying the designated player label. All right, so 2-0 was the final score. By the way, that's the first win for the LA Galaxy. I had watched them in Houston. They absolutely imploded. They look like an amateur team in Houston with their emotional uh, lack of control. Um, That's a first win for LA. One goal in five games for Austin FC. I mean, the attack is defanged right now. It's 401 minutes, no goals, no wins in five. There are issues at every line of the team. LA, 18-11 in shots, eight on target, only two on target for Austin FC. And look, I get it on the road, you don't get chances. And you do have to take them and you have to be specialists in herding teams when you get chances on the road. We had the two big chances, one for Driussi and one for Finley. Only 15 touches inside the LA box. That tells you something. Galaxy 62% possession. Austin FC only had a total of 340 uh, total passes, which for this club is low. LA had 577. Excuse me. So, I see the team shape, the sharpness and decision making, um, sharpness in collective thought, some of that stuff's missing. doesn't mean people aren't trying. Just means it's not there. Um, and it's been a bit of a struggle to to find it back, uh, get it back. Um, like I said, I thought Leo Wesonen has been a really good signing for the team. But that, that general putting opposing teams under pressure, which we did see on the road last year, even. It, it's not the same now. And it's not the same because of personnel. It's not the same because of confidence. It's not the same because of frustration. So hopefully, you know, you can revive a few players and get a few people healthy. But there are players right now, you have to put a circle around, that are not performing as to where you would want to be. San Jose is next. Uh, they are going to come in under Lucci Gonzalez, Christian Espinosa. Jackson Ewell has been good in midfield, has played for the national team. Jeremy Abobese. Um, this is this is not an easy game. All right, so you're not getting the breaks. That may be one part of it, but there's a lot of other things floating around right now for Austin FC. So that is their their next game. All right, let's talk about uh, and switch gears here. U.S. soccer, higher Southampton's Matt Crocker. He's going to be the sporting director replacing Ernie Stewart. This was a guy that was involved in youth development at Southampton. They have had the reputation of having very good youth development. Um, so he's going to be in charge of all the national teams and the youth national teams. The technical vision, he's going to set it. He's over overseeing the talent identification. The process was led in hiring him by CEO of U.S.S.F. J.T. Batson, uh, President Cindy Parlo Cohn, board members Juan Uro and Patty Hart, who most people won't know much about uh, most of these. LAFC President John Thornton was consulted, as was Washington Spirit GM and longtime uh, in the women's game Mark Krikorian, Florida State University. He put together Matt Crocker the Southampton playbook spent seven years with the English FA as well. So sounds like a a guy with a lot of experience. All right. Some international notes here, Arsenal versus city this Wednesday, this is uh, largely going to potentially largely determine uh, the title. Uh, Arsenal has been dropping points three, three against Southampton. Ironically scored two late goals in that one. Uh, had the worst start they possibly could with Aaron Ramsdale giving the ball right to Southampton and them scoring. Barcelona got a 1-0 victory over Atletico Madrid. 23rd clean sheet for Ter Stegen. Now, if you were thinking about Barcelona now, you're thinking about all oh, the legendary teams, Tiki Taka. Now, this is all about collective defending under Xavi now. Um, but the title race technically, not mathematically, but technically over Frankie de Jong returned. That helped Ferran Torres. Breaking the goal, scoring drought, getting the goal. Manchester United will play Manchester City in the FA Cup final. Uh, Mancurian Derby in the FA Cup final. How about that? United advance on penalties over Brighton. I watched Newcastle dismantle Spurs. Um, This was unbelievable. Three goals in eight minutes. St. James Park was, I mean, if there was a roof on it, it would have been blown across uh, the Atlantic Spurs are adrift now. It's it's they're just they don't know where they are. Antonio Conte went out very critical of the club. Um you got to wonder about Harry Kane moving in the summer now. Uh but it's it's a disaster. Bundesliga. Speaking of uh, struggles, Bayern Munich lost to Mainz 3-1. Dortmund got a 4-0 victory over Eintracht Frankfurt. It was three nothing before halftime. So guess what? With 5 matches remaining, Dortmund has a 1 point lead over Bayern Munich. Wrexham all right I know you're following it because of the celebrity angle of it and Ryan Reynolds uh Ryan Reynolds was crying uh, with emotion and passion after Wrexham was promoted from the fifth division to now the fourth football league Um, he called his striker Paul Mullen who scores a bunch of goals for them one of the greatest players in the world so real excitement in and around everything that's going on with Wrexham. That is fun stuff. All right. I do want to remind you about Lamont Brands, LamontBrands.com. That's where you get your Soccer Matters t shirts. And I repeat, I got a couple versions in shades of green for Austin FC fans. But all the proceeds, including the trucker hats, go to the 501C charity, the Snowdrop Foundation. 501C charity. So this is all for pediatric cancer, pediatric cancer awareness. Um, The the Snowdrop Foundation um, presents scholarships to pediatric cancer patients. It's another thing that they do. But through this show, we're creating awareness. So if you've bought shirts or hats from lamontbrands.com, when you click and you get to their webpage, it's in the upper right-hand corner. There's a bunch of different colors, but the green specifically for Austin FC. And uh, for anybody that's bought one, a real, real big thank you. And uh, amazing that you did and we appreciate it and if you did take some pictures and post them and we'll we'll put them out there um at the mls game i did this weekend uh, on the radio there was uh, a number of the shirts i saw in the stadium so that that that's fun and it's prideful um okay so lamontbrands.com also a big thank you to our presenting sponsor john daspit and the daspit law firm it's daspitlawaustin.com Five one two eight six five. 6710 but more importantly it's 512 call now 512 call now they are bilingual they'll handle your case whether you get in a car boat motorcycle accident you might drive an 18-wheeler john daspit daspitlawaustin.com 512 call now in the interview i had so much fun doing and austin being a legendary music city um just was so much amazing history i wanted to bring on jesse dayton who is a musician. You've probably seen him play places like Anton's, a continental club. Um, Great guy, great musician, great interview. Had so much fun doing it coming up next. When we take a break here, soccer matters presented by the DASPIT law firm, DASPITlawaustin.com. Musician Jesse Dayton is next. All right. Welcome back to the horn in Austin, Texas presented by John DASPIT and the DASPIT law firm, DASPITlawaustin.com. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, They'll handle your case 24-7. You might get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident. There's only one law firm. It is John Daspit, DaspitlawAustin.com. 713 call now. 713 call now. Our next guest. We're going a little bit out of the box here. Tremendous guitar player. He was in the band, the Road Kings. Uh, you know him if you are from Austin, Texas, and around the state of Texas. You may know him nationally and internationally as well. He is Jesse Dayton. Currently out uh, with the album with Samantha Fish, Death Wish Blues. But what an entertainer he is. Here's my interview outside of the box with Jesse Dayton. Well, Jesse, I got to think this is probably the first time you've ever been interviewed on a soccer show.
0: Definitely on a soccer show. No, I've never been on a soccer show. I've been on, you know, some baseball shows and football shows. And of course, I'm a huge Astros fan, but yeah, we're breaking new ground here, man.
1: All right. This is good. I'm not going to ask you to break down the Real Madrid Bayern Munich game. Don't worry. (laughs) Let's get, let's get into your career. Beaumont, Texas is the first thing that comes out to me. And when I was a kid, I learned about Edgar and Johnny winter. Tell me about growing up in Beaumont, the musical influences, where they came from.
0: Well, I actually grew up two blocks over from Edgar and Johnny no, no, no. Uh, for the listeners who don't know, we're talking about Johnny Winter and Edgar Winter, and they were these kind of albino blues Gulf Coast rock stars that had huge multi-platinum records on the radio back in the day. And uh, they would walk into the Dairy Queen in Beaumont, and man, this is back when you know, only sailors and criminals had tattoos. <laughs> so you would see these guys walk in and they had, you know, they were just effervescent. You could see straight through them because they were albinos with white hairs, real white skin. And they had these tattoos on them. And, uh, you know, conservative Beaumont just lost their ever loving mind. But of course, <laughs> we, we all thought they were the coolest guy ever, you know, coolest guys ever. Jesse, like yourself, you
1: know, what is it about Beaumont that has is brought out these this history of great musicians and and music?
0: Well, you know, the thing about is, is that people who aren't really into music history don't know. They just don't know, and I don't blame them for it. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the world that I don't nerd out on and that I don't know about and that I'm late to the party on, and You know, and somebody else is the king of the cool contest on it. But Beaumont, Texas, used to have this massive uh, recording scene there in the 40s and 50s. So George Jones, Lefty Frizzell, like all these great country singers who everyone that you hear on the radio now is like directly owes their careers to. uh, These guys were in Beaumont, Texas. And then you had... You know, we're right on the Texas-Louisiana border, so we had tons of Zydeco music. We had tons of Cajun music. We had, you know, Beaumont was this uh, amazing immigrant place because all these immigrants came there during the, uh, it was the first real oil boom in Texas. Not in West Texas. It happened before West Texas. It was called Spindletop, Spindletop, and it was the biggest oil well boom in North America history. And so all these people, it's just like the gold rush, all these people came there. And of course the joke is, you know, all the rich guys moved to Houston, uh, <laughs> you know? Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of culture there, man. And, you know, I grew up around a lot of Cajun people in Beaumont and, you know, it would have been just as easy for me to go to Lafayette or New Orleans than it was to go to Austin, which is where I've been living you know since the
1: 1900s talking to jesse dayton jesse dayton.com's got the uh do we call it an album now jesse i guess death wish i call blues.
0: them albums i yeah, still I'm call them with I'm album de- until, I, until i'm defining that and uh let my old age freak flag fly man
1: yeah there you go death wish blues uh with samantha fish a great uh guitarist How did that collaboration come around? Because I always wonder, you know, when I see musicians and they get together and is it because they were walking by each other one day or agents put them together? How did that come together with her? And by the way, uh, as I mentioned before the interview, I saw your show in Austin with her. Absolutely fantastic. Um, But but how did that collaboration come around?
0: Well, it it happened real organically. Um, You know, Samantha used to open up for me in her hometown of Kansas City. I would come through town. And I'd be like, I wonder if that girl that smokes on the guitar is going to be opening up for us. And sure, you know, she was opening up for us. And I actually heard Samantha before I saw who she was. I was upstairs in the backstage and I go, wow, who's playing guitar down there? And this guy goes, there's some young girl down there playing guitar. And I was like, really? Really? So I went, I went downstairs and she just blew me away. Anyway, we kept in touch with each other over the years. And of course now she's, you know, blowing up. She's playing with Eric Clapton and, you know, playing on all these huge gigs. And, and uh, so I'm playing a gig with my band in New Orleans, uh, where she lives now and her and her manager come out and her manager is an old friend of mine. Um, Me and a guy named Tab Benoit got signed at the same time, back when we were kids, and he managed Tab. So um, they both were like, hey, would you be interested in doing a record together? And then literally like a year later, we had recorded the record in New York City with John Spencer. And we were doing interviews like three days ago in Paris.
1: Incredible. Talking to Jesse Dayton, Um, You know, categories uh, are things uh, people in media like to put, you know, alt country, outlaw country. You're incredibly versatile. I mean, I'd I'd look at you and be, you'd be like a soccer player. That's versatile. That can do a lot of different things. I I think you pull influences from a lot of areas. I'm not trying to get too musical here because this is not in my wheelhouse, but, but is that fair to say?
0: absolutely man and you know growing up in Beaumont we had to play just to make a living I mean when I was 18 years old I took my parents to dinner and told them that I wasn't going to be going to the University of Texas because I was making 500 bucks a week playing in an all-black Zydeco band in Lake Charles wow And, and four years later I was playing with Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson and then i went on to you know play with glenn campbell and all these greats and then i started you know playing in rock circles uh social distortion and mike ness and the super suckers and x you know i I played guitar in x when billy zoom got sick Uh, so it was me dj john doe and xine and then i got into doing film score And I realized that, wow, I don't have to go to Des Moines three times a year. I can make mailbox money and like actually be able to afford to put my kid through the University of Texas. Um, So I started doing film scores for Rob Zombie and Rob Zombie met me on a fluke. And he said, hey, we're making this ultimate white trash horror movie called uh, The Devil's Rejects. And we think your music (laughs) would be perfect. Uh, <laughs> which which is kind of, you know it's kind of a left-handed compliment but but that's how it started and then after i did that one with rob then we did you know halloween together and i did some other stuff for a bunch of people and and that kind of gave me the power to say no like i i had like i was famous before that but i was broke glenn And uh, and then when I finally made some shingling and got an accountant and all that, then then I could say, I don't feel like doing this or, you know, it's the power of no, which is I wish everyone in the world could experience it because I come from super working class people. That just jumped
1: out. I mean, you have to get to a point to be able to say that. But isn't that just almost like a surreal experience? It's just great to be able to. You know, hey, no, I can't really do this. I want to protect whatever I'm trying to protect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, and, you know, you hope that you have some kind of integrity. I mean, I've done all kinds of stuff. And, like, I just went and played guitar uh, for Glenn Danzig on a couple of shows in Los Angeles. And I'm not going to be able to do that anymore because I'm out with Samantha and we're doing... You know, it's just the your career, um, I guess it just really depends on who you are and what your circumstances are. But for me, uh, I've always let, let myself be open to new experiences. And I think if more people did that, they would have more interesting lives. But most of my friends who play country stay in country. Most of them who play heavy metal stay in heavy metal. Most of them are punk rockers. Or, you know, they all stay in their box. and But I hear them at soundcheck and when I'm hanging out their house. And it's like, dude, you're playing the blues.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: or you're, you know. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And I think we're all like that. But I think back in the day, you know, me and you were old enough to remember when there were seen New Waivers and the Punkers and the Hillbillies, country people. And you had all that stuff. And now with my kid it's just all on a playlist. Yeah. Does that bother you? It's a weird, you know, but it I don't fall on. Right, right, right. You know, because that doesn't, you know, there's enough grumpy old you know whats <laughs> in the world. <laughs> That's and, true. And what do I got to be
1: Blues is their newest uh I'm going to say it
0: be, you know, our agent has us the way to next January. Um, so, but we'll, but I'll be coming home like I am now for a few days at a time, popping out, you know, doing the tours. Uh, we got some real exciting stuff that's coming up and, um, you know, for me, just going out and playing, uh, under you know, when you're in a tour bus, it's a lot different than being the punk punk rock you Know, do it yourself, DIY in a van, and so it's not it's not as rough as is, is, is it used to be.
1: Jesse Dayton.com, by the way, speaking of punk rock, I love The Clash, brand new Cadillac. Uh, you yeah. guys do an amazing that, that's just an amazing cover of that song. Tell me a little bit about your connection.
0: So I got to see The Clash at the auditorium in Houston, and uh, and yeah, they played two gigs there, I think. And I was a kid, and I went with an older friend of mine. I was like, I think I was like fourteen, um, and I went with an older friend of mine. I told my not in his mom's Corolla, and we cruised from Beaumont to Houston. Went to an all ages Clash show, and there was this guy opening up named Joe Ely. Oh, and I God. and I'd never heard of Joe Ely before, and I saw how the Clash adored Joe Ely, and I was like, wait, Joe Ely's from Lubbock, like he's from Texas, like. So, this whole kind of like Buddy Holly, or I fought the law and the law won, and punk rock thing just hit me. And, and then I was like, even though I still love, you know, all the classic rock, ZZ Top, Led Zeppelin, I mean, I'm a huge fan, huge fan of all that stuff. CCR, you know, The Clash became my band and that became my older brother's music. Now, of course, I would later come back around to it because. It, it, it In my heart of hearts, I'm all about the first five ZZ Top records because I'm a Boma kid, you know. Oh, yeah. But but you know, I got to see the Clash and it changed my life. And because I saw like their live show, even if you don't like punk rock or you think you don't like punk rock or you think you don't like their voice or whatever, if you would have saw those guys live, they were so electric it would blow your mine so it kind of you know it kind of saved me from listening to uh power ballads by guys with goofy makeup on and tons of hairspray
1: gotcha so i saw the clash twice in new york the famous bond shows
0: wow
1: two nights all right that's part one with jesse dayton here on the horn in austin texas presented by john daspit and the daspit law firm Daspitlawaustin.com 512-CALL-NOW 512-CALL-NOW John and his firm, Personal Injury Attorneys and they are the presenting sponsors of this show bringing you great interviews like this with Jesse Dayton and also with all of the greats in the world of soccer we'll take a break, we'll come back, part two, Jesse Dayton All right, welcome back to the Horn in Austin, Texas presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm this is Soccer Matters hey, reminder here from lamontbrands.com Um, If you can find it in your heart, get one of these Soccer Matters t-shirts or trucker hats at lamontbrands.com. All the proceeds go to the 501c charity, the Snowdrop Foundation, to fight pediatric cancer, college scholarships for pediatric cancer patients as well. And of course, through shows like this, Soccer Matters, we are creating awareness. All right, here's part two with Jesse Dayton
0: kind of saved me from listening to uh power ballads by guys with goofy makeup on and tons of hairspray
1: gotcha so i saw the clash twice in new york the famous bond shows wow two nights and i also saw him in england in newcastle during a summer and i was the only guy without a leather jacket in there that night and uh, (laughs) I, i stuck out pretty well but uh, yeah, I, I love the power and passion of them, too. That was so cool. You picked a brand-new Cadillac. Now, I want to take you into the blues and Slim Harpo and the yeah. hip shake because yeah, I think I learned of the hip shake from the Rolling Stones, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. So that,
1: that got me to learn about Slim Harpo, and that's how I learned about the Deeper South blues and began loving all that stuff, Little Walter, all these things the Stones were covering. That's the beauty of music to me, and then your version of it is awesome because there's a couple of really hard chords in there, right? I mean, you kind of, you kind of powered up a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, so if you put a gun to my head and made me choose, my favorite band would be the Rolling Stones. Me too. And I've I've seen the Rolling Stones 27 times (laughs) And, and I've met, I've met everybody in the band except Bill. Yeah. Um, because when I was recording with Waylon, they were recording across the hallway, so I got to meet all of them except. That's when Daryl Jones had joined the band, and uh, but they they did a version of Hip Shake on Exile on Main Street, widely considered the greatest rock and roll record ever made uh, by any band. Um, I mean, that's what the critics say. You know, whatever whatever they mean. You know, critics, man, they're kind of like eunuchs at a gangbang, so don't put too much stock into them. Correct. But but the thing about Slim Harpo is that I realized that Slim Harpo grew up right down the road from where I grew up. He's from, I mean, right on the other side of the border in Louisiana. And these records influence... You know, the Rolling Stones, who came out before Led Zeppelin, sure, they came out after the Beatles, but we all know that they're cooler than the Beatles, even though I love the Beatles. Uh, they're never, you know, Paul and John were never going to be as cool as Mick and Keith because they were the bad boys. But it's it's amazing that uh, uh, one record on an independent label that came out in 1960 out of Crowley, Louisiana, influenced... Everything that would come after the Rolling Stones. And you can even hear Mick Jagger mimicking uh, Slim Harpo. So if you guys are listening and you want to hear a Desert Island blues record, go get greatest hits, Slim Harpo. And you'll hear all the ZZ Top grooves, all the Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones. Like, I mean, they should be paying that guy's family a fortune.
1: Doesn't that have King B on it? Is King B his song? Too? King
0: B's on yeah. it. Of course, the Stones did that. Yeah, and uh, and all that stuff came out of South Louisiana. You know, a lot of people think it's all from Memphis or you know, all from Mississippi. But um, South Louisiana and East Texas were huge blues. Uh, Pioneer, The first million seller before Robert Johnson was by a guy named Blind Lemon Jefferson, and he was from East Texas as well. Um, so where I grew up, there's a lot of mojo, man.
1: No question about it. We're talking to Jesse Dayton, com. I highly recommend deathwish blues if if my recommendation means anything. Uh you're getting a little different audience tonight, Jesse, uh, when it comes to uh, the soccer crowd. So we're we're trying to we're 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 getting a few people into your music here hopefully tonight. Um you know what keeps you going? I mean the, the you know obviously nobody achieves something like this without deep passion. Um tell me how this keeps you going? I mean, is there just this infinity uh, of creativity that's out there that you just want to keep trying to do different things and musically keep going? Is it the thrill of entertaining in front of people? Um, you know, what are some of the the deeper things that maybe drive you?
0: Well, I think a lot of times when people get our age, uh, they kind of lose that little kid inside them you know they feel like you know they're just so exhausted they've had to raise kids they've had to work and those are the real heroes of the world those people are Mm -hmm. people who you know who raise good families and raise good people and work hard that's that's the real you know it's not all these other all this other stuff we see on this silly uh political media this silly volleyball you know i'm i'm a centrist and i take a lot of crap for it because you know i feel like sometimes i'm the only guy who's think, thinking what about common sense you know
1: yeah that's a good um, party to follow the common sense yeah
0: point. yeah that's that i'm not i'm an independent you know um but you know i see these people and they get tired and they get worn out and they're like man i used to really love doing that i used to really love or, or, you know getting season tickets for the year and like stuff like and they just kind of you're like ah, i'll just stay home and watch it or whatever well whenever i play guitar it makes me feel like i'm a 15 year old kid like putting those quarters on top of a turntable uh to slow the record down so i can learn like johnny Winter and Jimi hendrix and zz top licks. like every time i learn like something new on the guitar it it, it really does keep me young and And so I'm still excited about music. I mean, I do think about an exit plan, an exit strategy. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to do the Willie Nelson thing. Um, you know, I think that, you know, me and the wife could, you know, sell our properties in, in Austin and end up, you know, somewhere in the north of Spain on the beach at some point that wouldn't suck.
1: That would not be bad. The Caribbean, uh, you know, I like. By.
0: I like playing guitar for my Labradors as much as I like playing for the fifteen thousand people we played for in in New Orleans last weekend. Yeah, really so, hard. but but I but I I think people, you know, you got to get in touch. You know, I, I ride motorcycles, I watch baseball, I do a lot of stuff outside. You know, of of music that that keeps me in touch with that little kid. You know,
1: that's a good lesson for people to think about yeah absolutely um before i let you go uh johnny cash waylon jennings i mean you're a younger guy and you you meet these guys you're working with these guys i mean how did a teenager handle that a young kid handle that
0: well so i'll give you the the short version but i'm playing in austin texas at the continental club and this woman walks in and she's a big time uh, music executive named Evelyn Shriver. She's originally from New York, heavy New York accent, been living in Nashville forever. And she says, look, I can't get you on country radio because you're too weird. I don't even know what genre you are. She goes, but I can get you on TV. And I was like, great, you know, I didn't know if she was for real or not, you know. So the next day phone rings, she's like, come to Nashville. I'm going to put you on this country music television show. And so I get there and I've got my tattoos and my sideburns and I don't fit in. I don't look like the Garth Brooks neon shirt, you know, people and all that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'll do this show. You know, it's kind of like one step below the Christian Broadcasting Network, you know. And I'll I'll do this show and at least my parents and relatives back in Beaumont, Texas will feel better about my career and then right before i walk out on stage she walks in and goes hey chris christopherson's going to be on the show tonight he wants to meet you so me and chris end up hanging out that night we go to the gibson guitar factory and he has a limo and it takes me back to this dirtbag hotel i'm staying in because i don't have a record deal and i can't afford to stay where all the country stars are staying and so the next morning my phone rings and this voice comes over the phone in my room and says, Hey, Hoss, you want to come play guitar for me today? And I was like, who is this? He said, it's Waylon Jennings. Oh my God. He said, I track I saw you on the show last night with Chris and I tracked you down. Wow. And uh, so of course I'm freaking out and totally unprepared, but I'm not unprepared because I played those songs a thousand times and, I knew how to play all that stuff. So I show up at the studio and I knock at the door and Johnny Cash opens the door and says, are you going to stand there with your mouth open? Or are you going to come in and play that? <laughs> thing?" So a lot of this stuff, if you if you Google Jesse Dayton, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, that first day, a lot of footage shows up online because they were oh, wow. filming it. Wow. um so anyway that was the beginning of you know doing doing the session thing
1: incredible jesse dayton.com the new album is death wish blues um with my very uh, minimal knowledge of actually how music is played just the fact that i love it i can tell you this guy is a performer you will see a show that uh, you will walk away just going wow that is great music Great singer. By the way, singing and playing a guitar, that, that's, yeah. that can't be an easy thing to do. This is from a layman, okay? But when I look at you and you're playing guitar or Samantha Fish and you're also singing and you're carrying that through the whole set, that can't be easy to do. I mean, is is a lot of that reflex? What is that?
0: Well, I think it's probably... You know, I mean, sure there are people that can do it and people who can't do it. But it's also like muscle memory stuff that I think athletes kind of, you know, draw on that. And and I think it's kind of that same thing. But I also think, you know. When you're a kid and you're sitting around playing these simple little cowboy chords, D, G, E, F, you know, whatever, stuff like that. Um, if you're, if you find yourself humming along and not realizing that you're doing it while you're doing it, you're probably a singer in waiting. Wow. very So, yeah, I hated the way my voice sounded for years. I, I, I was young and I sounded like Mickey mouse and you go back and listen to those early recordings of me and people don't seem to be bothered by it. But for me, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow into my shoes vocally, uh, until i got a little older and uh yeah it's it's a weird thing but you know no when nobody wants to be the singer glenn you gotta still play the gig so um, i'll tell
1: you i i i look at it and i go that's not that's not an easy thing to do and then to just be if what song is next i mean all the other things that you got to carry you got to lead and uh, i mean it's just it's pretty remarkable. Jesse, thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun for me. You're a more fun interview than a lot of soccer players, I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm impressed with soccer, and, and by the way, uh, you did a great job of interviewing a musician. That was all really interesting stuff. It wasn't the same all stuff. Where were you born? You know, like, you know, that kind of like, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you'd be surprised, but um, I did get to go see uh, a game. Uh, I got to see a soccer game in Madrid. Oh. And, and uh, we were on tour there like years ago. And I got to say, man, it was like a Pentecostal church in East <laughs> Texas, like uh, magnified by about a billion times. Like the it was like religion, dude. Those people were <laughs> – I was watching, I was looking around, like thinking like at any time this place could just go up in flames because (laughs) I mean, the passion was off the chart. So uh, I loved it.
1: Yeah. That's a great story right there to end it. Jesse, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, We really appreciate everything. And uh, thank you for coming on tonight.
0: I'll see you on Twitter, brother.
1: You got that right. You got that right. right. See you, man. Be, Be careful on there too, by the way.
0: Oh yeah, I am. Trust me. I don't, uh, I don't get sucked in by the energy vampires, you know?
1: Yeah, no, me neither.
0: I put a picture up the other day, Glenn, and I said, this is me having fun, enjoying my life, not caring about politics and all your other BS.
1: Good. I like that.
0: It got a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, let's, let's, let's have fun, man. Our years are limited.
1: This is, this is true. Thank all you, right, Jesse. brother. Take care. What a great interview that was. Had so much fun doing it. And that's going to wrap it up here tonight. Jesse Dayton, that was a lot of fun to do that interview there. And there were some wonderful stories in there uh, and connection in the world of music as well. I love music. If only I could play, but I can't. But it enabled me to do a great interview there with somebody who's done some amazing things in the music industry. All right, that does it tonight here. A quick reminder for our presenting sponsor, John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's daspitlawaustin.com. 512-call now. 512-call now. They're bilingual. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys. Get in any type of an accident. They will work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. Thank you to the Daspit Law Firm and daspitlawaustin.com. Remember the podcast to this show at hornfm.com. As always, a big thank you to everyone for getting this on the air. Don't forget, every Monday night, it's Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas, presented by DaspitLawAustin.com. Until next Monday night, I'm Glenn Davis. Remember, soccer matters.